0: Hello and welcome back to the Teen Catalyst podcast, helping boys become men of impact. And today I've got an awesome interview with a man who is creating an impact on the people around him. A man who set out to become a fighter pilot and achieved it. And once he got there to the top of that mountain, he was like, what's this for? But you know what? I don't want to spoil the surprise. I don't want to ruin the interview. I want you to listen in to what Wes Woodhouse has to say. And with that, Wes, welcome to the Constructive Liberty Podcast.
1: Yeah, Ken, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, awesome. So I, you, when you send in your application to be on the show, I did a little bit of background research on you because what kind of host wouldn't do that? But my audience doesn't know who is Wes Woodhouse. So give us a little bit of background.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, as I always say, I'm a husband. I'm a father uh, to two little girls. Uh, I run marathons, um, and then I have been flying fighters for the Air Force for the last few years. Uh, and then I also run. It's called the Vector Mastermind Group. It's a it's a group of uh, men who are uh, looking to live a life of purpose uh, through wise counsel and accountability. Uh, so, got a lot lot going on. The two girls <laughs> keep me keep me pretty busy. Yes. Yeah,
0: that's a full-time job all by itself, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. So fighter jets. Wow, that's that's the dream of of every kid. How? Tell us a little bit about that. How did you come about that?
1: Yeah, well, I, when I was in eighth grade, that was, uh, we lived under the approach path for Chicago O'Hare Airport. And I, I'd always grown up watching the airplanes and wanting to be a pilot. And then uh, it was eighth grade when I uh, put the two together between the military and uh, and aviation. And I was like, you know what? Might as well just have the, uh, the military pay for my, uh, for my flying. Mm. Uh, and, you know, it's as a kid, I was like, yeah, I want to fly F 16s. I want to fly fighters and everything. So, uh, that was good timing though, because it was right before going into high school and I could, I, I had that vision of what I wanted to do, uh, when I grew up essentially after, after college. And so I was able to, to work through high school, uh, with a, a vectored focus on specifically what I needed to do. Uh, to achieve my goal and that carried me through high school uh, into college through college in order to get uh, a commission in the Air Force as an officer uh, and then from there getting into pilot training uh, and doing well enough to be assigned a fighter uh, i'm i'm humbl- I'm continually humbled by the the privilege that the Air Force gives me to to fly fighters on a on a daily basis it's uh, it's quite the experience and uh, it's it's very fulfilling. I, I love my job uh, and we we do some some good work for america too so that's good <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's awesome when when you can find that thing that you love doing and make a difference with mm. that like it's you're fulfilling your purpose i always define purpose as doing the things you love doing while making a difference for mm-hmm. other people so tell us what's what's it like flying a fighter jet because so many kids have that dream and they they get off track as a move through high school and, and into college, even the ones that chase the dream, don't actually, a lot of them don't actually end up achieving it. So mm. what's it like having chased and achieved that dream and actually getting to fly the F-15s?
1: I mean, F- flying fighters, it, it's, it's awesome. It's, uh, now that I'm, I'm experienced enough where I can take a little bit of time and actually you know, look around the, the bubble canopy and, and just enjoy it, it is, uh, it's quite, I mean, it literally is a once in a lifetime experience that I get to, to do just about every day, uh, which is awesome. As far as, you know, making it and fulfilling, fulfilling my dream, uh, it, it was, it was interesting. I, you know, I was, I was very excited, uh, my first flight in f 15, um, but, and we can potentially get into this a little bit later, but, uh, at that point, I, I had achieved my dream. I, I became a fighter pilot. I was a fighter pilot, uh, you know, flying in the, in the jet. Um, but what I hadn't done is I hadn't, you know, thought about any goals beyond just becoming a fighter pilot, and so uh, something that, interesting that happened to me was my sense of purpose uh, kind of wallowed. and I I kind of lost it because um, you know I'd worked so hard on a singular focus of becoming a fighter pilot, and then I achieved that goal, <laughs> uh, and and it was like okay, yeah, I mean, this is this is good, uh, but what am I working towards? I'd worked so hard through high school and college and pilot training. Uh, and then i didn 't really know where where my life was going from there um, mm-hmm. which, which was which was very interesting, but the experience um, of having that singular focus uh, through high school and figuring out what I needed to do and then into college um, I think was the, was the reason that I was successful in, in attaining my goal uh, because I had that 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 the one thing that I knew that I wanted to achieve uh, and I, all I had to do was figure out how to do it and, uh, and get there. By do by doing the, yeah. the work, whether it was learning <laughs> how to how to love math, uh or you know, uh not not doing a lot of the other extracurricular. I didn't have a girlfriend through um uh through high school. I did through college, but it was long distance with my now wife. Um so I wasn't distracted with that on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis uh at at school. Um but uh yeah, it it is it's it is a good feeling. And since I've kind of refound my purpose, uh uh you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I'm, 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 I've gotten back onto that, uh that hard work train of, you know, all right, I know what I want to do. And I yeah, to get there.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You, you bring purpose into that and talk about how you had that singular focus that helped you achieve becoming a fighter pilot. And I've been reading a book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And I'm only like two chapters in, but he, everything is about having that singular focus mm-hmm. and knowing what it is you want to achieve and putting all your efforts mm-hmm. into that. And it sounds like you did that. What I find interesting is so many people have that singular focus on a, uh, a target or achieving a goal rather than on their why. And mm-hmm. it sounds like for yourself, when, when you set your target to become a fighter pilot, you achieve that and then you're like, but why? Yeah, And that's when you moved on to your mm-hmm. purpose. So mm-hmm. how does your purpose tie into where you've gone since you achieved that goal?
1: That's a, that's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's taken me a long time to, to get there. Uh, and I, I would say I've only just arrived uh, probably just a couple of years ago. Um, I, started, I started flying fighters. Uh, well, in January, it would be eight years in the Air Force. Uh, wow. So I've been flying the F-15 for uh, just about six now. Um, just to, to put that in perspective, uh, but so my mission is to, uh, build up the next generation of leaders armed to take on the challenges of the 21st century. Uh, and I can apply that, that why, like you said, uh, to my air force job as I'm, Mm. uh, uh, as I'm training up the next generation of, of leaders, fighter pilots, leaders, um, uh, you know, in my instructor role, um, I, I mean, I'm building up myself and building up my peers and building up those who are, uh, who are younger than me. Uh, but then I can also apply it to uh, things like this, where you and I are having a conversation. Uh, you are a leader in, in your realm. Uh, all Every single one of the audience members who's listening to this right now is a leader in some capacity. You, everybody yeah. leads themselves. Uh, everybody leads their their peer group uh, in some fashion. Uh, and then obviously, if, if you have a, uh, a position of some sort of leadership, whether it's in an organization, a club, uh, something like that, or uh, or in your, um, in your work, you are a leader. Uh, and so that's, that is my mission. Now I'm building up the next generation of leaders. Uh, I have to develop myself first and lead myself first to, to get there. Um, but, uh, and that, that why, like you said, I can apply it to just about anything that I do, uh, which is, which is awesome. Uh, it's, and sometimes it's difficult to keep that singular focus. You know, I've got, uh, the air force job and then I've got Mm -hmm. my other stuff. Um, uh so that that sometime is, is uh is a bit challenging to, to balance uh as well as my family then like we talked about, my my wife and my two little girls. Um but like you said, yeah, having that why now, uh the goals will kind of fall into place from there. And then the motivation, uh looking for that like the vision of, of the my resolve of what my purpose is in life, uh is what keeps me going now, which is
0: awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So I imagine, you know, going through all that training. Flying it says here, over a hundred combat missions, and then coming through that and, and becoming the leader you are today, helping develop the next generation of leaders, Imagine you've faced a lot of high stress situations, and especially in the cockpit, you know, combat missions and all that, how do you, in that moment focus, stay focused on accomplishing the mission amidst all the stress?
1: That's, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, lots of, lots of stress goes to the job both mentally and physically, uh, which is, uh, which is unique about flying fighters. Um, so what I would say, and this is something that I'm, uh, I'm still kind of developing of, of this, like how it is that, um, that people in, in, uh, high performance environments, like, like fighters are able to, to have that, um, that clarity of, of thought in these extremely high stress situations. Some of them, uh, even if they aren't, life or death to me, it's probably a life or death situation to the guys on the ground who I am supporting. Right. Um, uh, so the, I think the, the biggest key to that is not what's going on in the actual moment. It's all of the training and all of the attention that you put on your training up to that point. Um, you know, if I don't, if I haven't been studying the systems in my aircraft and, uh, and understand exactly how to uh, use it, to employ it tactically as well as hey uh what if one of the the tanks isn't feeding correctly in my jet i need to know how to recognize that and then make a decision on all right is this something that i need to divert attention to right now or is this something that i can make a note of and then okay hold, we'll hold off on that i need to come back to that but right now there's a more pressing situation that mm-hmm. i need to address um making those just little decisions It it doesn't happen without that volume of training that you've done up to that point. And um, and and being putting yourself in in kind of uh, simulated stressful situations in a training environment where whether that's an actual simulator or in the aircraft just on a on a training range where you're putting yourself in a high stress situation, but you know, at the end of the day, nobody's actually shooting missiles. Nobody's actually, you know, on the ground, uh, you know, potentially pinned down in a in a firefight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a- at the end of the day, if, if you pork it away and you wholesale fail, uh, we'll land and we'll go into the debrief and we'll watch all the tapes and we'll talk about, all right, what went well? What went wrong? Was it the plan? Was it the flight leadership out there? Was it your... Your execution of the, uh, of the tactic of whatever we're supposed to be doing. Um, that feedback, feedback loop in training is what really makes you grow. Um, you know, in, in high school, it was you take a test and then you get immediate feedback on that test. How, How are you doing in math? Oh, I got a C on my, on my math test. That's a little bit of feedback saying, you know what? Maybe I need to, to divert a little bit more attention to studying that and, uh, maybe divert a little bit of attention away from, from something else um but it's the feedback loop and it's all of the the attention and the uh the um what you put into your training leading up to that singular point where you're in a high stress situation with potentially high stakes and potentially uh human life at stake uh that that you'll be able to focus on the right things pay attention to the correct things and uh decide which tasks are actually higher priority yeah um, absolutely yeah
0: yeah it's interesting you you go back to high school and bring in the test on that, and you get that immediate feedback, going back to that high school situation, was there a defining moment as a teenager you know coming through that's high stress as a teenager because we're not most times not prepared for a lot of the situations that we face in high school, whether that's bullying, whether that's peer pressure to do something that we shouldn't be doing, but was there a defining moment for you that you down the journey you went down down the path to becoming a fighter pilot
1: you know um in high school i i can't i can't really think of a, a i mean i guess looking back now i can i can see uh, some defining moments i don't think i recognize them at the time uh one specific uh thing that i that i'm thinking of uh in my high school chemistry class uh there were two other guys in there uh and one of them went on to, uh, he went to MIT, uh, and then he started two companies while at MIT. Uh, wow. And then he's since uh, started up a Silicon Valley um, startup. <laughs> really smart dude. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one uh, works at a, uh, a government contractor building, uh, building weapons for the, for, the, for the Air Force and Army. Um, but during high school, in that high school chemistry class, I was not the smartest kid in class. I, I was not, not even close. Uh, and I had to work hard to, to get the, the grades that I did. Um, but these two guys, the, the, the three of us, we, we had some competition going, we were driving each other. We, and we would like, regardless of what grades we got, we would like, you know, read each other's lab reports and talk about, Oh dude, like that was a really good, good thing you put in there. Or, you know, what are you doing? You know, you've got some, you got all these spelling errors and you know, what's going on with this, that, and the other. Um, I had those two other guys in my, uh, in my chemistry class and my physics class. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt, I did, uh, as well as I did because of those guys. If if it hadn't been for those two guys and the competition that, that we had going, uh, I don't think I would have done nearly as well academically in those, in those two classes, uh, which I mean, what's the repercussions of that? Um. And here's a note for any of you guys who, who are in high school and want to uh, become an officer in the in the military and maybe you know fly fighter jets or something something similar. Uh, the and I can speak for the Air Force specifically. Um, grades counts for well over half of the metric for you know whether you get a scholarship uh, for college, whether you even get admitted to an ROTC program or the one of the service academies, uh, and then mm-hmm. when, once you're in college, grades is over sixty percent. Of the metric for should this guy go to pilot training or not, uh, it is heavy on the academics. So without getting those good grades in chemistry and physics, uh, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten a scholarship. Maybe I wouldn't have been accepted to the to the ROTC programs at the at the college that I ended up going to, and uh, and and on from there. Um, mm-hmm. so again, I did not recognize that at the time that was happening, uh, but I think that was a defining moment. Is is that competition and that forcing me to? you know, really get in the books and study. And I hated chemistry. I, I did not let, enjoy chemistry, physics, uh, math. I enjoyed a little bit more, but definitely
0: not. Yeah. Chemistry. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, I think we can, a lot of us can, uh, can agree with that. I, I, I didn't enjoy that either. Math was a little more my, my jam in high school, but it's interesting. You uh, talked about, uh, go ahead.
1: I was going to ask, is there any defining moments that, uh, that you had during, during uh, high school that, um, kind of like steered well, you to, to where you are today?
0: Well, it's interesting. You asked that, like, I, I actually didn't graduate high school. I never went to college. Yeah. I was kind of lazy in high school and got pulled out and sent into the construction field. And so hmm. using that experience and, and that kind of woke me up to try to figure out where yeah. I wanted to go in my life. And yeah. I ended up, starting a couple of different construction companies, small small businesses, nothing huge. But I've been my own boss since I was pretty well 16, You know, starting my own company here and didn't design it right. And so in 2008, everything crashed. I had to start all over and just working yeah. my way back up, creating businesses. That's, that's really what I guess catalyzed me into trying to help teens find their path. And so yeah. that, that's what that came out of. I would say that was probably my biggest defining moment as a teenager.
1: Absolutely. But I was, yeah, no I
0: was interested in you, you mentioned the kind of the accountability and the, um, mm. just, I guess the, the people pushing behind you in high school to, mm-hmm. to excel to the next level. Is that what led you to starting the Vector Mastermind group?
1: Maybe a, a small part. I mean, I, it's, it's, uh, it's been many years, obviously, since, since high school, <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. my personal development journey has, uh, has gone a long way. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, yes, a- accountability is, I th- I think accountability is a, is a huge part of, um, of why people become successful, because yes, and you can be accountable to yourself. And some people are, are good at, uh, at being accountable to themselves and being disciplined and creating habits out of that discipline. -hmm. But a lot of us need some external motivation, uh, in the form of accountability, uh, of, you know, hey, what are your goals? Tell me your goals. So, Ken, you know, these are, these are the goals that I want to achieve by the end of the year. Uh, and then I'm going to hold myself accountable. But then at the end of the day on our weekly, uh, on our weekly meetings, we're going to go over that. And, uh, not every single meeting, but, uh, at some points, Ken, you're going to be like, hey, Wes, you know, What's your progress on 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 this goal? And then I have to answer to the man. I have to answer yeah. to Ken and tell you, hey, uh, I've been I've been doing great in this area, and I've been crushing this goal over here. Uh, but this goal over here, not so much. Uh, and then you know, you can give me the encouragement that I need, or you know, really just like uh, stand me up and say and give it to me. And be like, dude, you know this this goal that you've set, uh, maybe you need to question whether or not it's within your purpose or not. And if it is within your purpose, then, dude, you need to buckle down and, and get it done. And then you can ask me a specific question. All right, so West, what are you committing to doing by the end of this week in order to get yourself closer to that goal or to get yourself back on track? Um, and then again, there's that accountability again at the end of the week. Hey, did you accomplish that one thing that you needed to do to get back on track in that goal? Um, mm. Accountability is a huge part, um, and and we have accountability everywhere. Uh, some of us like the different forms of accountability and. And especially when we agree to it, and then there's a lot of forms of accountability that we generally don't like. Uh, but at the end of the day, it still will keep us accountable. Um, that's that was a great question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, accountability plays along, plays into. I mean, you have to pay attention in order to stay accountable, and to you know, our attention is what keeps us focused on a goal. And mm-hmm. you mentioned on your website it says that human attention is a powerful tool. Talk a little bit about that. What do you mean by human attention being our most powerful tool?
1: So, yeah, he, I, I think uh, we're in the, ten, in the information age right now where uh, in, information is what's valuable. In the industrial age, it was industry manufacturing that was valuable. Uh, in the information age, it was information that was valuable. Uh I I think we're very quickly moving into a new age. In fact, uh, I think we may already be in uh a new age. If you look on the internet, it's called the um imagination age or the uh creative age. I call it the attention age. Uh mm. because what is valuable right now, it's it's human attention. Um you think of of say Google, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of those like social type websites, they are Uh, feeding off of human attention they they actually design their apps and programs uh to to use your human psychology against you to get you to keep paying attention to that specific app the feed the endless scroll the death scroll
0: um Mm -hmm.
1: how many times do we get caught myself included my wife i'll be sitting there my wife will go hey west get off the are you scrolling get off
0: the scroller uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) we it's it's it is they know exactly what makes us uh the get the little dopamine hits you know seeing what's what's, uh what's new what's novel and and we and the endless scroll you you just you just keep doing it they are actually selling your attention so so whenever you're on you know youtube and you see an ad they just sold your attention uh Mm. when when you're on instagram and you see an ad they just sold your attention um uh in the workplace and in industry, the need for human attention is increasing. They, I mean, let's, let's think about it. Uh, self-driving cars, Tesla, uh, artificial intelligence. It's like, wow, this is, this is huge De- designing computers that are supercomputers that are insanely fast and can do all, you know, all myriad of different tasks, menial tasks that, that we no longer have to do that they, that people had to do every single day, uh, 10 years ago. Um, those are great, but it's humans. Who are designing them? It's humans who are programming mm-hmm. the AI. It is. It's creative problem solvers, decision makers, critical thinkers who are doing that. And this comes in a time when our attention is being sabotaged by all the myriad of websites that I that I just mentioned. So, and, and our <laughs> yeah. ability, like you see, you see it on the internet. Oh, you know. Uh, the average uh, attention span of a human is now less than a goldfish or whatever. Right. (laughs) But at some level, it is true. Our attention span is going down as we're so used to always seeing something novel and and just scrolling and scrolling. So our ability to pay attention is going down where the need for human attention is going up, creating this gap. So the people who understand this and who can um, specifically discipline themselves, uh, put in boundaries in their life, you know, hey, I'm going to delete Facebook from my phone because it's taking up way too much of my, of my attention at the expense of <laughs> yep. my wife or at the expense of my daughters or at the expense of my chemistry studies, uh, or at the expense of, of my job. Um, getting that, cutting that out of your, you don't have to cut it out completely. Uh, and, and there's definitely places for, uh, for the social. Ne- I mean, that's how I met you on a social network, right? Ted? Yeah. So absolutely. There, there are places yep, yep. <laughs> for that. Um, we need to make sure that we're, that we are taking control of our attention and not letting Mark Zuckerberg or, uh, uh, or Jeff Bezos or whoever else take control of your attention and use it for what they want to use your attention mm-hmm. for. Uh, it is a huge deal. Uh, and it's something that I wish I would have learned and realized a long time ago. Um, but uh, you know what? Hey, we got to start, start somewhere. And, uh, and so going forward, yep. I, I would just challenge you, Ken, and anybody listening right now, As you go throughout the rest of your day, just take a mental note. Don't change any behaviors right now. Just take a mental note of how much time you're spending uh, doing things. You know, how much time are you uh, are you spending on the endless scroll? How much time are you spending uh, watching Mm -hmm. uh, TV shows? How much time? How much time are you actually spending on your daughter? You know, you you hear hear stories about. Oh, you know, I heard a story of a of a man who owned multiple companies, and his daughter was sick, uh, and even, even then she was sick and she was, you know, potentially dying. And he still, uh, after, after like years and decades later, he was like, man, the one thing I wish I would have been spending my attention on is my daughter and not any of this other stuff. Because at the end of the day, yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, so, so just take a note of, of where your attention is. Don't change any behaviors right now. Uh, just take it, take a note as you go throughout the day. That, that's, that's my challenge for you guys, uh, for this, for this podcast.
0: Yeah. It's, it'd be interesting. Too, I don't know if you've ever tried this to download an app that actually tracks mm. where your phone attention goes. I mean, mm-hmm. like, just, you know, I spend a lot of time on my device right here. It's always in my pocket yep. or within reach. But to actually track how much time I spend on mm-hmm. an app at the end of the week, like, I don't like getting back that I spent six hours on Facebook this week. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, yeah. it's a shocker. It's just time yes. wasted. Unless you're making a difference, which most times, most times, just getting into an argument online or something, it's it's, might as well go beat your head against the wall.
1: (laughs) Or reading arguments because those are the funnest things Uh, to read, (laughs) right? Right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I won't say I don't. I do stir up some storms from time to time. (laughs) I like seeing where things go, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, talking about how we spend our time you know, either scrolling on our devices or, or watching TV or, you know, we've got so many things that try to steal that attention, that time from mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. as someone who is a fighter pilot and an entrepreneur, how do you manage your time on a daily basis?
1: You know, it's, it's tough. Uh, and I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. Um, uh, you know, my, my air force shop is a full-time job. So, uh, so I'm there throughout the week, um, uh, you know, full days and everything. Uh, so squeezing in the uh the the side hustle stuff on the side uh while making time uh and attention for for my wife and kids and uh even the dog I sometimes I feel bad cuz we don't take the dog out as many walks anymore mm-hmm. uh, my poor dog um <laughs> but uh yeah it's tough I, it's so i mean uh you talk about the work life balance uh all that type of thing it's it it really is it's a balancing act um it's it's not like Perfectly in balance. You're constantly having to actively balance it. Uh, that's what I, that's what I have to do. Uh, it also, it's a pendulum. Sometimes it swings heavy to the, to the Air Force and I have to spend a lot of time, uh, you know, something, maybe something's going on or I'm on a work trip or, or something like that. So now I'm spending a lot of time on the Air Force side. Uh, but then it's important mm-hmm. after I get back to then swing the pendulum to the other side and make sure that I'm spending a lot of time with the family uh, and getting all that back, uh, and then less time at, at the air force job. And then the same thing, just fitting the, the side hustle stuff and personal development stuff in there as well. Uh, there are times when my, my air force requirements are a little bit light. Um, and maybe my, uh, my wife and kids are, are off on a a trip or something. And now I can swing the pendulum heavy into the, to the side hustle side, the, uh, the personal development side, uh, that's what it is. I think of it as a pendulum, uh, less of like a balancing act and more of like a, a pendulum. Cause you're never going to be perfectly balanced. And, uh, and depending yeah. on what's going on, maybe you should be spending a lot more of your attention in one specific area, uh, to achieve a certain goal or to, uh, to get a relationship to a certain point, uh, or, uh, you know, play damage control, uh, <laughs> fight damage control on, on something for, for a little while. You just need to make sure the pendulum doesn't stay on that one side. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. Perpetually, or or for longer than it should, you need to make sure that you do swing it to the other side, and that and that's true for uh, this weekend. I'm going on a on a camp trip, and I'm I'm gonna uh, oh, get away cool. from from work, and I'm just gonna the pendulum is gonna swing completely in the uh the side of my relationships, spending time with my wife and my my girls, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, taking time to to rejuvenate myself. And the, the pendulum, I need that pendulum to swing fully uh, to that side. I. I can't be working because yeah. then that degrades the time that I'm spending with with my family and, uh, mm-hmm. and relaxing for myself. So that's that's kind of how I think of it uh, on a day to day basis. You know, uh, if if you want to be successful, I'm sorry, you're going to have to get up a little bit earlier. Uh, <laughs> that's that yeah. is That is truly the thing. When, when I started my both my wife and I, uh, when we moved down down here to Vegas, uh, my wife and I made a point to get up at five thirty every single morning which is not excruciating early, early, but it is early, uh, to get up at five thirty in the morning yep. and then get our workout in, uh, and then take some time for ourselves, uh, to, to, you know, read scripture and, uh, and pray. And then I do a little bit of meditation as well. Um, and then we can get into the rest of our day, have breakfast, get, uh, get the little girls up and, uh, and then go off to work. But, uh, you need to, you're going to need to wake up a little bit early. Uh, you know, even recording this podcast for for me on the west coast it's it's early in the morning you got to you got to yeah. do those types of things you have to do the things that nobody else is willing to do uh to spend your attention in the right areas uh in order to to achieve you know greater goals than everybody else not like you said not everybody is is going to be able to be a pilot that's just a numbers game there's only so many cockpits to to fill with pilots so you're going to have to do something mm-hmm. uh that everybody else who wants to be a pilot as well isn't willing to do in order to get there. And that doesn't apply to just flying jets. It applies to anything that you want to do. That's, that is what I would say to that. Yeah. It's, think of it as a pendulum, not so much yeah. like a, a seesaw.
0: Yeah. That's, I like that. That's, that's a very good analogy that I think that'll help a lot of people mm. with the, you know, having that often when we build a picture or a model in your mind, you can, Better visualize something and how how that yep. applies to time management thats that's really good mm-hmm. if you could travel back in time and uh, approach yourself in high school what what piece of advice would you give yourself to hmm. to in order to build the life that you want to live like what's that one thing that you would say to yourself
1: that's a Ken, that's a phenomenal question <laughs> um i I think the biggest thing that I would say is I, I worked pretty hard. Um, I, uh, I, I, there's not a, I, thankfully, I don't think, I don't have a whole lot of regrets for my time in high school. I think the biggest thing I would say is I wish I would have, uh, started reading, um, like reading personal development type books mm. earlier. I, I hated reading, uh, you know, in my early childhood, I read, I read a bit of, uh, you know, like, uh fiction uh and then throughout high school and college i basically didn't read anything because i was i was so singularly focused on uh on achieving on getting yeah. good grades and uh and becoming uh the leader that i needed to be and you know checking all the container all the boxes that i needed to for uh for getting to where i wanted to go i i would have read read uh, not not and not a lot like just maybe even a couple books a year um, but I would have taken a little bit more time to to read and actually develop myself outside of just academics. Um, I, yeah. That's, that is the one thing that I would, that I'd go back and uh, give my, my 15 uh, year old self for advice.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's great advice. I, I wish I had learned to read personal development at a younger age. Mm-hmm. I, I always loved reading. My family was huge readers mm-hmm. on a Sunday afternoon. Every single one of us in the family would be engrossed in a book. Like that's awesome. You you didn't talk to us because we were in books. But that's awesome. It was always fiction. Like I I wish mm-hmm. before the last five ten years that I had gotten into that personal development. You know something to help me improve my time management, my leadership, my my relationships. That's yeah. developing yourself is huge.
1: It is, and and I think so. it, it just it expands your your mind. It opens your mind up to. To the possibilities and, and, you know, humans, we, we are, um, we are complex organisms and we are capable of so much more mm-hmm. than I think, uh, we just in- innately realize. Um, and sometimes it takes multiple different authors, uh, podcasters, you know, whatever it is to tell you the same concepts in a slightly different way, yep. uh, before you, you internalize it and you realize, wow, yeah, okay, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I, I could actually I here's the path for how I can how I can do this. I can actually do this. Let me think a little bit bigger. Uh work work just a little bit harder but in the right direction uh and see see
0: where it takes us. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, we're getting to the end of our time here. What what advice would you give to somebody listening who is like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but man, I've I've tried different things. I've read the books. I I've I I just it doesn't seem like things fall into place for me. What advice would you give to that teenager who's looking to take the next step, but doesn't quite know where they want to go with their life?
1: That's great. I find myself there many, many times. uh, And I'm sure I will find myself there many, many times in the future. Uh, Biggest thing I would say, stay the course. Um, Stay the course. Eventually... And I, I'm a perfectionist. I, uh, I have, um, paralysis by analysis tendencies. <laughs> I have the, oh, let me just read another book or, uh, let me just, you know, take another course or, you know, mm-hmm. I need to find, find another expert or, or something like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you'll just have to do it and you have to know it's not going to be, it's not going to be perfect. I'm, I'm not going to auto win on my first, first right? attempt. You know, it, yep. it takes time, but get, like I talked about earlier, that, that feedback loop, get debrief always debrief yourself, um, test a little bit, and then get that feedback and debrief. Okay, you know, I tried this out. Did it work? Maybe it worked for some other people, but maybe it won't work for me. Maybe I have to try something else. or I just haven't found the, the right method yet. But if you're not testing, and you're not actually getting in the arena and, and doing something, you're never going to know what works and what doesn't work. Uh, I mean, take a look at any any successful person. There are some people who they try their, the, the one thing and they uh they were super successful and the reason that you hear about so many of them is because they're the ones who write the books and talk about it <laughs> the, yep, the people yep. who who took years and years of of trying and trying and trying um different different methods before becoming successful uh in in whatever vein it is uh you you just don't hear about those but those guys are the majority the minority yeah. is the guys who who did the one thing and even if they tell you that the first time that the, or makes it seem like the the first attempt was the one that was successful that's not 100% of the story because I'm, I'm confident there were many iterations before that, uh, before they, they found the one, the one idea that had carved them and shaped them and molded them into what specifically they were that allowed the, uh, the success. So stay the course, keep on educating yourself, but you got to get in the arena. At some point, you just have to do it. You're not going to look perfect and that's fine but you got to make it happen because 90% of everybody else is just never going to put their two feet in the arena yeah. and, and make it happen. Yeah. So I, and I have to tell myself that all the time <laughs> too. I, yeah. I, I constantly have to tell myself that.
0: Yep. That's awesome. So if somebody wants to find out more about you or connect with you, or even join one of your masterminds, where's the best place to find you?
1: Westwoodhouse.com is uh is probably the best place to start. I'm, I'm also on LinkedIn. I, uh, I have Facebook and and some of the other uh, socials, but I I tend not to ever check those. Mm-hmm. Um, so LinkedIn uh, and then my website WestwoodUs at WestwoodUs dot com for the email. Uh, those are the those are the best ways.
0: All right, I'll drop that in the show notes. So guys, if y'all want to find out more or join the mastermind, the links will be in the show notes. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your time coming and joining me today.
1: Yeah, likewise, Ken. This is this is great.
0: Now, did I not tell you that that would be a great interview? (laughs) I really enjoyed that conversation with Wes Woodhouse. Definitely go connect with him on LinkedIn. Check out his website. And if you want to join a group of men who are doing what it takes to create a better life, to live an impactful and meaningful life full of purpose, definitely reach out to Wes. Connect with him. He's got a lot of wisdom to add to so many people, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. With that, do good work.